0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. I'm Craig Williams, and I'll be taking you on a culinary journey around Walt Disney World. Before we get started, I need to remind you this show is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, please consider booking your next vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money, you get that world class level of support from a Dreams Unlimited Travel agent. So, Head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free no-obligation quote. This week's episode is a big one. It's a really big one because we finally have a review of Space 220. I know, right? It feels like forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, But it's finally open and we do have a review of it. I do need to say, though, that... In this situation, uh, this was a review that was done during a media event, so take that for all it's worth, because it was a free meal that Denny got to have, and yeah, I, I don't know if that swayed the way she spoke about the items, but just keep in mind she didn't pay for it. But Pete has plans to take uh, several team members to go check out Space 220 very soon. So uh, keep an eye out. Well, I guess in this case, an ear out for that review sometime in the future. Uh, But we get our first taste of that today. And then also, too, uh, we have another quick service review from myself. And then we do have a table service dining review coming from uh, Pete and uh, several other team members. And then a special guest, Uh, John aka Big Fat Panda will be on that review as well too so a really packed episode and we're gonna get things kicked off immediately with Denny's massive review of Space 220 so let's buckle up let's head 220 miles up to the newest restaurant at Epcot yay
1: hi everyone Denny here from the Diz at Epcot now why am I here let's see at 9 30 in the morning I'm not uh rope dropping necessarily I'm here as part of a media event for the grand opening of space 220 restaurant we have been awaiting (laughs) awaiting this day and it's finally here and um, I just want to give a, a thank you to uh, to Disney and to Patina Group for inviting us out here at the Diz to be a part of the media event to take a look at the restaurant for the very first time. All right, I am here. I'm at my table, <laughs> a table with quite a view. Um, this space is... Um, it's like what I thought it was going to be and it's unlike what I was going to uh, what I thought it was going to be it is one large window um, like a horseshoe expanse of these windows that let you see out into space and there'll be lots of things that float by or things from time to time that float by so your your view the panorama is always changing which is kind of cool if you've got kids with you while you eat here there's something for them to be looking at at all times Um, so I know we'll talk about the physical space a little bit more later Um, but just to let you know it's it is pretty cool Um, again want to say this is all hosted hosted by Disney and Patina group Uh, we are excited I'm excited to be here and be a part of it and I just wanted to show you the two things that have landed on the table so far number one the space 220 collectors cards there are these this is a set of cards that has been crafted and created specifically for space 220 um, that um will be offered to kids so kids who uh, who eat off of the kids menu will get these which will allow them to have a little bit a little bit of something interactive to have going on while they're at the table also um I have ordered, I don't drink, so I am not ordering one of the cocktails. I got a zero proof cocktail. And of course I got the one um, that is the most space-like. This is called the Moon Rocks. It has coconut going on, cotton candy, um, lemonade, something called Moon Dust and Moon Rocks. Friends, they gave me an entire packet of Pop Rocks. I love Pop Rocks, <laughs> and it's, it's attached with the cutest little little uh, clothespin, and so I'm going to take that clothespin off. I've got my Pop Rocks here, and I'm going to get ready to sprinkle those onto the drink. So here we go, because <laughs> what's a drink in space if it doesn't have an entire packet of Pop Rocks on it? We're going to explore this together, you and I. Here we go. (laughs) Mmm. Oh. (laughs) Just the snap, crackle, and pop. Just love it. Okay, that is,
2: um,
1: it's really sweet without being, like, cloying. It doesn't get on my nerves sweet. The pop rocks are just for fun. A little bit of texture in there, but really, it's just a whole lot of fun. Okay, it's not, like like I said, it's sweet without being too overly sweet. It's actually really good. Um... You get the coconut in there, but it's not too um, coconut-forward. It's it's fun. It's fun. One thing that's important to remember here at the Diz, whenever we're here for on um, property, Disney property, for a hosted event, we don't necessarily give a review review like we would normally do. The team will be here. The dining a dining show will happen in this space at this restaurant at some point in time. I have no fear and no qualms and no worries about that. I'm just here to kind of present the experience, um, just to present the experience, and, and just to just to have a, a little a little lunch in a new space with you. So anyhow, this the drink, the um, forgive me, the Moon Rocks drink, twelve dollars. So this drink would normally run you twelve dollars. Again sweet without being super sweet and my pap racks are still talking to me so that's fun so the lunch experience will typically consist of two courses and will run um guests fifty five dollars for adults and you will be able to pick um an appetizer from the lift off menu and then you'll be able to pick a- an entree from the star course um section of the menu For my liftoff, I picked the Big Bang Barada. It has a little bit of everything on it. I am a Barada fan. If you are looking for Burrata on Walt Disney World property, Topolino's Terrace at Disney's Riviera Resort has your number. Their Burrata is so good. So creamy, somewhat firm, because you want that in a Burrata. Just so good. Along uh, with the burrata here, the Big Bang Burrata has um, arugula, artichoke hearts. We've got oils going on and let me double check here. Yes, a sunflower seed romesco is going on as well. So I'm gonna take a quick taste and give you my thoughts. Again, not a full review. (laughs) But just an initial thought or two. I'm gonna get a little bit of everything: our rigula, the romana, the romesco, artichoke heart. Gotta get an artichoke heart. There we go. A little bit of everything. Oh, there's the heat. I was waiting for the heat to kick in because <laughs> I knew eventually there would, there had to be a little bit of heat in this somewhere, And the romesco. When it picks in, it's subtle, red peppery, a little bit of heat with not, without being overly so. The burrata, that's nice and
3: creamy.
1: Okay. So the burrata is, uh, is nice and creamy. This is more of a, So what you get over at Topolino's, if you've had it before, it's more of a burrata that you have with bread. Um, It's a bread and cheese kind of presentation. This is more of a salad. It's a mozzarella burrata. And I I don't fault this. If you order this, remember, this is part of the liftoff menu. So this can be one of the things that you choose if you come for lunch or dinner, the Bing Bang Burrata this up all right so my entree my star course has landed on the table with great aplomb and show i'm having the blue house salmon today and um, what i asked what would be most popular as far as the test dinners that have happened so far here in the restaurant or what was the most I don't know, show performance whatever what is the signature entree. Uh, Joseph, my amazing server, um, suggested the Blue House Salmon. That it comes with a cloish on top that's filled with smoke. And it's a big to-do, so it arrives with the cloche on it, they pull it away, and there's smoke. And I gotta let you know, this has been on my table for probably four minutes at this point, because I had to take, you know, you gotta take, camera eats first, right? You gotta take a few pictures and video. Um, and it's still this wonderful, smoky scent here at my table as I hover over my Blue House salmon. The Blue House Salmon is um, a cut of salmon that also has um, king, uh, mm, let me get it right here. King oyster mushrooms. I didn't want to say it incorrectly. King oyster mushrooms, uh, bok choy. We've got some sliced carrots. There's also um, ginger going on as well and a burr Just Let me show you the burr block. All right, there it is. So I'm gonna dig in and take my very first bite of, I'm gonna have just salmon first, cause let's let's see what the salmon tastes like. Okay, the salmon itself is, is smoky, not to review it, but just to let you know. It is a, it's still got that really nice smoky scent, but it's also straight on through that piece of meat. So if, um, a smoky piece of meat is not gonna, a smoky piece of fish is not gonna be your favorite, then definitely um, just know that going into it. But that is, that is, mm-hmm. that nice smoky taste is all the way through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Parrots are nice and firm. We've got the king um, oyster mushroom going on as well which is a little bit firmer at the base. It's um, it's even got the smoky taste going on in the middle. Let me try this beurre blanc. Okay, that's a nice beurre Hmm. Buttery, what you would want it to be. Nice, creamy, buttery. A, a very rich uh, sauce there. So that's, that's how I can describe that best. <laughs> I also got one of the sides uh, here, they're called satellite sides. And I chose the roasted fingerling potatoes. Mm-hmm. And this would normally set you back $9. Uh, comes with the potato, <laughs> comes with a spoon. <laughs> I'm losing it already. Comes with a spoon. It's it's a shareable side. Um, do you need this with your entree? I did not need uh, need this necessarily today. What comes with your entree might typically be enough, but that being said you are here, I am here. We're in space. We're trying the potatoes. All right, let's give it give them a little whirl as well. Okay, so the potatoes are really salty. Really salty, not that I'm gonna I keep saying I'm not giving a review, and yet here I am. Um, but it's a nice shareable side. There's plenty in there for people to be able to take from. It comes in a, just a, a nice cast iron little dish. Be warned. Very salty. All right. Nicely prepared. Um, Cooking-wise, heat applied, to potatoes-wise, but very salty. I'm going to continue eating. I'll check back in with you in just a bit. All right. I am here. I'm done with my meal in Space 220, and there's just a lot to talk about, right? This is our first... Look at the restaurant just to be in the physical space after waiting so long, Um, and I gotta tell you, that was just really, really exciting to get to step into that, Um, into the restaurant, to see how the show is gonna go down, Uh, just to see, just to experience all of it. Um, If you're someone who likes a show with their meal, just, you know, just more of an, an experience altogether, this might be the thing for you. And while we were hosted this morning, I am going to go ahead and review it. Um, I, it's all good. Just I have said over and over again that we were hosted, so just keep that in mind. Also, remember, this is just one snapshot. It's one snapshot on opening day of one experience. And I can't wait to see, as you all get to be into the space, what you think of your experience at Space 220. So to to just to quickly uh, just a review what I had at the table there, I had off of the lift off appetizers menu. I had the Big Bang burrata, um which had burrata, arugula, um, uh, a, a nice romesco, um, a grilled artichoke hearts, a little bit of everything going on on that dish. Um, when you come for lunch, which is what I had, you can pick, you can choose one lift-off appetizer and then one star course entree. And so my entree today was the Blue House Salmon. So the burrata, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the use of arugula with it. It was different than the other burrata that I've had on property uh, before. The burrata itself was really nice, it was fresh. Um, burrata is uh, a bit more firm than, say, um, a fresh mozzarella. I'm a cheese girl. Give me cheese and I will be happy. So, I, I, was, I was pretty happy. I liked uh, the Romesco and I liked, it, it just gave it a little bit of depth, a little bit of heat as well, if you enjoy a little bit of heat, but not too much heat if you don't enjoy heat. Um, then, moving on to the Blue House Salmon. Again, if you like theater with your food, that's it. That cloiche comes off, that smoke wafts around, and it's just a neat thing. We've seen it done before. I know this isn't anything like mind blowing, but it is something that's pretty cool. That smoky flavor and uh, scent lingers. The smoky flavor is absolutely woven through everything that's on that plate, um, except for the Burblon. It, that burr blanc is really nice, rich, creamy, buttery, what you want in a burr blanc. Um, but from the glazed carrots, to the bok choy, um, to the salmon, everything, it has that really smoky flavor to it. It is very smoky forward. Smoke forward. Huh. Um, I enjoyed the salmon. I'm someone who likes to get salmon when I'm out and about on Disney property, and um, and I liked it. It was not. It, it was it was perfectly cooked. It really was. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it something that I would be um, chopping at the bit to have again the next time I'm here? No, not necessarily. Um, but I was glad that I had it today. Going back to that drink that I enjoyed. um, Oh, first before, before the drink, let's talk about the roasted fingerling potatoes. That is on the satellite sides menu. It is $9 for those potatoes. It is a shareable side. And um, that out of the three things that I ate today would be the thing that I would tell you to skip. It is um, unfortunately super salty. If you are at all sensitive to salt, sodium level in your food, this one is just gonna be off the charts for you. So you're gonna wanna steer clear of this um, completely. Uh, That being said, I mean, if they had backed off on the salt just a bit, it would have been really enjoyable because each of those fingerling potatoes just had a lovely crisp to the outside. Um, You could tell that care was, was taken. When pre- preparing the potatoes, however, just the saltiness—like I can still taste the salt—and it's been a little bit, so I would uh, steer clear of that. That drink, the Moon Rocks drink, the zero-proof cocktail, which is also on the um, on the the kids menu, is a zero-proof sipper. Coconut we've got um, blue cotton candy syrup, we've got lemonade, an entire package of Pop Rocks. Now, I overheard um, another server telling another table, hey, the way that she suggests you drink this, you put a little Pop Rocks in your mouth, you take a sip of the drink. No, (laughs) I get it. That may be the way that some people choose to drink this drink. I chose to dump the entire package of Pop Rocks into my drink which I really enjoyed like I said at the table it could have been super sweet it really really wasn't it was really nice um and I enjoyed it thoroughly and I think I would get that again for sure it was just a lot of fun uh kids while we're while we're talking about the kids they do have their own menu it is 29 for lunch $29 for kiddos at ages nine and under They will also receive one of the packages, uh, just like I mentioned at the table, the Space 220 collectibles. When you open it up, you're gonna see lots of different things, just space exploration trivia, facts and figures, um, Space 220 facts and figures. Here's the space elevator. So here at Space 220, there are two space elevators. They call them their Stelevators. That's what takes you up to Space 220 and then What brings you back down to Earth? The experience of riding in the Stellavator is so cool. Yes, we have seen uh, technology like this used before um, in the Magic Kingdom. We've seen it here, you know, it's like you're getting on a hydrolator here at uh, the Seas Pavilion, but still, it's fun. It, the whole cabin kind of shakes. You're just standing around a circle as it's taking you up, and uh, it moves, and you hear uh, a voice talking to you because they're they're communicating between Earth and um, and the restaurant, and it's just super cool. As soon as you get out of your stelevator you uh, enter a little bit of a just a round uh, room, and then down the hall you'll see this great big wheel of um, cabbages and lettuces being harvested in space we've seen that before here at Epcot so it's a bit of a throwback just kind of a, a hat tip to that so that's a lot of fun you continue walking down the hallway and you'll check in with a serving team member who will then usher you into the restaurant itself and as soon as you walk into the space i mean even if space isn't your thing this is impressive. An entire wall of, of windows, windows, I'm using air a lot here. An entire wall of windows um, is, is in front of you. Things are constantly changing, happening outside. You'll see some of the, um, <laughs> you'll see some tourists outside taking selfies. <laughs> with you in the background, which is cute. Um, You'll also see the X-2 space shuttle come by, which is the vehicle from Mission Space. How cool is that? Just lots of little things are always happening outside so that if you have kids at the table, they're gonna definitely be entertained. When you're done, you are ushered back out to the Stellavator lobby, and then a team member, a cast member, will uh get you back on the elevator to go back down to Earth and it's just as cool it doesn't take quite as long returning as it does uh, when you're ascending to space 220 but still equally cool those are my thoughts i i tell you what to be able to step into this space finally was just the neatest thing the team was wonderful. Joseph, my server today, was phenomenal, very attentive, very kind. Um, the whole, because it was a media event, you know, there's a time uh, that they're trying to stick to, so the pacing of the meal was different than what a normal meal would be. But that being said, it, it was just enjoyable to be in there. Um, I, yes, salmon good, burrata good. Skip those potatoes and you'll be good to
0: go. I'm glad that Denny enjoyed that for the most part. I cannot get over that price point though. Uh, just absolutely wild. I mean, yeah, when you really break it down together, it's a, it's a one-of-a-kind experience, and maybe the food isn't as good as it could be because the atmosphere is what you're also paying for, but it just it seems a little bit too far out of my price range, but I'm also quick to admit that this is not meant for me. You know, I am a Florida- annual pass holder who goes to the parks quite often, but uh, just I, I travel in a very different way than than a lot of people coming down for that once a year vacation who want these truly special, unique experiences. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably not the best judge of character when it comes to Space 220. Maybe I'll go one day and I'll get to tell you all about it, but it'll probably be a while for me. But I don't know. I'm also, I'm going to be at the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary media event, and they might be uh, giving us a meal there as well, too. I'm not sure yet. We'll just have to wait and find out. But for now, we're going to move on to our next dining review. It comes courtesy of me, and I headed to Magic Kingdom to try a a quick service location that's usually closed, but uh, did reopen a while back, maybe a month or so ago, and it's only open for lunch service. And, yeah, I'm I'm not going to spoil any more of it. Let's just go ahead, listen to that review. Now, I have said many times as of lately that I am running out of places to eat at Magic Kingdom for quick service. But Tortuga Tavern is on the list of places that I have not eaten at. It was closed for the longest time. It reopened a month ago. And quite frankly, the menu isn't uh, too intriguing, so that's why it has taken me so long to get over here and actually try it. There's a barbecue pork sandwich on the menu, Disney turkey legs, a peanut butter hazelnut, uh, chocolate hazelnut banana sandwich, I believe a hot dog with barbecue on that as well. So, you know, it's it's not the most impressive of menus in my opinion, and... I had barbecue here a long time ago and it was not good. So I think I pretty much solidified what I'm going to get at this restaurant, the, the peanut butter, chocolate hazelnut spread banana sandwich. So they don't have mobile order here and I'm gonna head to the register, place my order, and we'll get to the eating. I have my food and the entire process didn't take very long at all. There was no wait to order got my food pretty quickly, like within two minutes of handing them my receipt. And of course, plenty of space in the Tortuga Tavern, Pecos Bill seating area. Uh, My favorite spot is no longer there. They removed the chairs and tables from my little hideaway spot that I normally am at. So I'm just sitting under the beating sun because why not? Why wouldn't I do that? And to remind you what I got, I got the The Peanut Butter Chocolate Hazelnut Spread Banana Sandwich. And this thing is $9.99. It comes with a side of house-made chips. You know how I feel about Disney and their house-made chips. So I'm getting more today, and I get to enjoy more Disney house-made chips. And yeah, so of course, chocolate hazelnut spread, Nutella, same difference with that. Uh, I will say... The appearance of the sandwich on top—it looks like it has that grilled pressed marks, which it's supposed to. It's supposed to be a grilled sandwich, uh, but at the same time, too, upon touching it, it felt cold. But to counter that, uh, all of the ingredients inside are oozy and melting. The peanut butter's melting, the chocolate hazelnut spreads melting, not because of it being in the sun here. It was like that when I first got the food and sat down. So, you know, didn't feel necessarily hot, but definitely definitely was hot enough to melt everything at the very least and this thing is going to be so messy uh you know Nutella in general is very messy Uh, but I'm very excited to see how this actually is I make a version of this sandwich at home from time to time except I don't use peanut butter with it I use I use Nutella and then like Fluffernutter marshmallow or I'll do peanut butter and marshmallow but I don't usually ever do Peanut butter and Nutella together, but I love that and I love banana. This is like an Elvis sandwich, and that's really fitting because my dog's name is Elvis. So, okay, no more talking about the sandwich in my weird life. Let's take a bite and see how this is. As expected, this sandwich is sweet, on sweet, on sweet. The bananas are like overly ripe, so they are like just packing flavor to them peanut butter obviously has that sweetness to it and of course the chocolate hazelnut spread super super sweet uh, luckily the bread does have a little bit of a, a butteriness to it so that's kind of cutting down on the overall sweetness of the entire sandwich but this thing is still it's a it's almost too much for me it's its not quite at the level that I'm like too much but I'm sitting here eating this right now saying is this dessert is it is it my lunch? I'm not quite sure what. And yeah, it's. I'm gonna have to figure out something for the other half, and I think I have a solution to that. I know, uh, I know my friends at Disney Food Blog recommended going and getting a candied bacon skewer that they have over in Frontierland, but I'm too lazy to do that. Once I sit down, I wanna sit down and eat my food. I don't wanna have to go to another place to get other menu items to try to make this better. So I think for my second half of the sandwich, I might put the chips on and see if that adds a little bit more saltiness and that crunch, it makes the sandwich a little bit better. I think it could work. I am a fan of putting chips on sandwiches. I've just never done it before with a peanut butter sandwich. So it might be gross. I might regret it, but we're gonna have to try it. I have added two of Disney's house-made chips, all salty and crispy to the sandwich. And I think it's gonna make it a little bit more messy, but hopefully it helps with the sweetness. So here it goes. The first bite, I could feel the crunch of the chips, but I couldn't taste anything. So then I added two more chips on and I'm getting even more of the crunch, but I'm still not getting any of the flavor. Uh, The chocolate hazelnut spread in this sandwich is just so overpowering. There is so much of it. So, This was a failed attempt at trying to make this one a little bit better. I think maybe even just like going bite of sandwich, eat a chip, bite of sandwich, eat a chip, bite of sandwich, eat a chip. chip. I think that might be the better method in order to to help cut that balance a little bit. But this just didn't do it. But I'm going to go ahead, wrap up eating my sandwich, and I'll give you my final thoughts. I am all wrapped up with my meal from Tortuga Tavern. And for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, I'm not going to go on and on about how sweet it was again because you are tired of hearing me say that, but it was. And unfortunately, I didn't try the chips before I put it on the sandwich, so I didn't realize that my chips weren't really seasoned. Uh, They didn't have the same saltiness that usually Disney's house-made chips have. So I think that's partly uh, why I wasn't able to actually taste them once I added them onto the sandwich. Which, uh, that yeah, that would explain a lot. And overall, the house-made chips were not good. Uh, they also had like a burnt flavor to them that I've never had with any other of Disney's house-made chips. So, uh, that wasn't good. But the sandwich, yeah, it was, it was pretty decent. I don't know if I would call it like a lunch, but it definitely was a good snack. I could see uh, wanting to split this with one other person, each one getting aside, having a couple chips... Uh, that would be that would be like a nice little snack, but as a meal, you know, obviously it wasn't very hearty. Bread, peanut butter, hazelnut, chocolate spread, bananas. Just it, it's not not hefty. It's not hearty, uh, so it's missing a little bit on that. But you know what? It was still tasty, and it wasn't it wasn't just another hot dog or hamburger or boring menu item here at Walt Disney World. It was something that I feel like well isn't unique at it still felt a little bit unique because you just don't see it everywhere here on property. So I would still recommend it. Uh, you don't have a lot of time to eat there. Uh, Tortuga Tavern, I believe right now, the hours are between 11 and four. So really just lunch service and that's it. But if you can't think of something and you have a little sweet tooth, maybe uh, maybe come over here. Try it instead of having the 900th Dole Whip of your life. But if you also want the Dole Whip after two, I totally support you with that. Someone recommended in the YouTube comments that if I wanted something a little bit more salty and savory, that I should have went for the turkey leg that's on that menu, and to that I say, gross. I have said many times before that I do not like turkey legs. I used to eat them all the time when I'd come to Walt Disney World on vacation, but after working in theme parks and having to clean up some uh, disgusting messes that were caused usually by turkey legs, too much alcohol, uh, motion sickness, all of that mixed together, uh, the, the smell haunts my nightmares, and I will never get over that, so I cannot deal with turkey legs. I will leave that for anyone else other than me. But we're going to move on from that Tortuga Tavern review. And we are going to wrap things up with a review, of course, a table service review of Pete and Gang from the Garden Grill restaurant at Epcot. Very exciting. Let's give it a listen.
2: Hey, everybody, Pete Werner. Uh, with this week's Disney Dining Show coming to you from the Garden Grill Restaurant in the Land Pavilion in Epcot. Haven't been here in a while and thought it might be fun to check this out. I'm joined by some very special guests this week. Uh, first and foremost, uh, John Sicari, uh, Big Fat Panda from BigFatPanda.com as, as well as uh, Federico Argar, the webmaster of the Disney website, SIDisney.com website, uh, the Spanish language version of it is Is joining us here as well Along with realtor With moving to Orlando Drake Shadwell God I got a lot to plug in this Okay so for dinner uh, This is served family style uh, They bring out a uh, basket of bread And a salad uh, Then a skillet That has a corn succotash uh, A uh, 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 Mashed potatoes uh, uh skirt uh, skirt steak with a chimchurri sauce, uh, green beans, uh, stuffing, or dressing I should say, and and turkey along with uh, macaroni and cheese and a cranberry sauce. Uh, So this way everybody doesn't have to describe all the food every time they can just talk about what they liked or what they didn't like, what they thought of it. Um, And I will tell you that overall, on, on spec, it wasn't bad. Was it the best meal I've ever had in my life? No. But, um, I, I thought, we thought that the mac and cheese, which was incredibly starchy, and the, uh, stuffing, dressing, uh, were made from a mix. We are being told that is not the case. That everything here... I, I thought the cranberries were out of a can. Because they look like they're out of a can. And they taste like they're out of a can. And young lady so, told me, Nope, nope, these are made from fresh cranberries. And then I looked, and I did in fact find a fresh cranberry. And I, I thought to myself, Why would you make fresh cranberry relish and go so far out of your way to make it taste and look like it came out of a can. Um, And, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't the best cranberry relish I ever had. Um, Like I said, the the mac and cheese a complete disappointment. The potatoes, very good. That was obvious. There were chunks of potatoes in there. It was obvious not from a mix. Um, The turkey um, was so perfectly cut and so evenly cut... That I thought it was processed, but it turned out it was not. It was this guy in the kitchen knew what he was doing. Um, the skirt steak was very good. I thought the chimichurri sauce was a little on the heavy side, but it was good. Um, string beans seemed fresh uh, and had nice, like a garlic butter on them. I think that's what I was picking up. Really good. Now the bread the bread is from last week, okay, this bread, I, I, I think what really it should be used for is to take and throw at the people on the ride down below, like trying to hit them, um, but uh, overall, it was, it was good, uh, now we haven't had our dessert yet, so I'll refrain from giving an overall score. But uh, it wasn't bad.
3: Building off of what Pete said, I agree. There's certain things that you go, oh, that's surprisingly good. The turkey. I, to look at me, you wouldn't think I'm uh, a picky eater. I am. I usually find turkey dry and kind of, yuck. It was really good. Uh, and, yeah, some things are from a can. But, again, not to completely repeat what Pete said, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, The potatoes, big standard, because they could have went with, like, a flaky box and just mixed it up. They didn't. Somebody put some love and butter into the potatoes. So, yeah, I'm a fan. I'd I'd come back. I want to do breakfast.
4: So, many of the things that I had, I had it for the first time, like the stuffing and the cranberry relish. So, I don't have a way to compare it to how it's supposed to take or how it's supposed to be. But I like it. I really enjoyed the meat, the steak. I thought it was well-cooked. I really loved the chimichurri. I, I thought it was a good hit of flavor to the meat. Um, I do agree with Pete that maybe I was expecting, because of the teaming of the restaurant and the way it's like connected to living with the land, that some of the things were going to be more fresh. I, I agree with the bread, for example. It feels like they use it to hit people that get off the boats to pick up the fresh festivals, um, but overall I liked it, um, it's not my favorite one uh, of the restaurants in Epcot, but I liked it, I have fun. So, hey, everybody, I'm actually going to differ in my opinion
3: from Pete, I like the cranberry sauce, uh, I got those cranberries right off the bat and really liked the taste, um, but I guess I did grow Please up... I did grow up on cranberry sauce out of the can. That's what we had at Thanksgiving. And I don't know. I, throughout this whole, like, um, meal, it did just make me think on Thanksgiving. And, I mean, my mom and my sister definitely made a better Thanksgiving meal. But I thought they did a good job for a place that is all you can fathom. And I love being able to come along to these all-you-can-fathom meals. Uh, I will just fill up my plate over and over and over. So you know I was happy uh, just because I could just keep filling up my plate. Um, but I will, I will say, uh, John had a good point about the mac and cheese. He called it a congealment, and I'm looking over, and as I'm looking at it right now, it's beginning to congeal. So I can't, I can't really argue with that. Of like, oh no, that's. By the way, a skinny person said, Oh, you can, so, uh, you can fathom. two bites? John, don't worry. Do enough of these and you'll see I can pack away quite a lot of food. Um, but, yeah, I, that's my contribution. I think Pete did a really great job of covering it in general. It's a good restaurant. Um, I think when you're in Epcot and you have all of these great places to stop and try food, this isn't going to be your first place to go. But if you need a nice meal to fill you up completely... Yeah, come over to the Garden Grill. Um, I, I, I wanted to just come back in and talk about the
2: character interaction. Uh, character interaction uh, where it would normally be right here, right in this uh, this walkway uh, by the tables. Uh, instead, uh, as you'll see from the clip that we're in, in including now, uh, is taking place behind us. So that we can go into selfie mode and take a picture uh, with the characters. It's an... It's a different experience. I'm glad they're keeping some character interaction. I would rather it be that than no characters at all. Um, so I, I just wanted to make sure we mention that that there is character interaction here, um, and it's you know not what we're used to, but it's it's cute. Okay, so for dessert, um, they bring out a, a triple berry shortcake. I believe she called it. So it's a, it's, a, it's a shortcake bread with uh, blueberry, raspberry, and strawberry compote topped by a whipped cream. Um, and here again, they did, the whipped cream was fresh, and it seemed like the berries were fresh. And they went out of their way to make it seem like it was out of a can and I don't understand why they would go for that if you're doing it fresh but it tastes like it's out of a can you're doing something wrong um, it wasn't terrible um, I think uh, Drake, uh, Drake described it perfectly the dessert like the rest of the meal was on the good side of mediocre um, and I would say that that's probably fairly accurate um but uh fifty five dollars per person for this meal. Uh thirty thirty six dollars uh, for children. Uh and do I think it's worth fifty five dollars? Uh this was a fifty five dollar meal. I gotta be honest with you. I had a me I've had a couple of dinners over at Whispering Canyon lately, which I'm starting to think may be the most underrated restaurant or one of the most underrated restaurants at Walt Disney World, and I would much rather spend that money there. I mean, this wasn't terrible. It's not, you know, Maria and Enzo's bad, but it's entirely forgettable. It's entirely forgettable, but let's see what everybody else thinks.
3: So would I deny this if it was put in front of me? No. Uh, But again, it's not amazing. It's like an Entenmann's shortcake with... Fresh berries and cream But there's nothing It was nothing amazing They didn't make it stand out But it was good
4: Hi again um, So The dessert was the thing That I liked The least of the whole meal I thought it was very Unoriginal Like not creative uh, It was just A cake that wasn't the best cake And just whipped cream And Cranberries And uh, like Red sauce I don't know It was like something that anyone can make in their kitchen and I'm not talking about ratatouille I'm talking about like anyone who can cook I didn't like it it was a, not a good way to finish the dinner so but the rest I really enjoy it I have fun I think it's a lot of food good price and I like it except for the dessert the good side of mediocre that's uh
3: I'm sticking to that I think the whole meal kind of can be described that way, and $55 isn't worth just a little bit better than mediocre. I think if I spent $55 on a meal at home, I could come up with something better. And I'm not a great cook. I am, a, like, <laughs> I can throw something in a crock pot, I can put some stuff in a pan, but I think if I took $55 to my local grocery store, that, you know, I could make something better than this. And all you can, like when you g- get the amount of food, I mean, you hope that it kind of makes up for it, but all in all, I think your money can be spent better in different places, especially around Disney. I think uh, John just made a, a
2: point that uh, I, I think sums it up perfectly. Had this been like a great dessert, had this really kind of been the kind of dessert that blew us away? I think we would have felt differently about this meal on the other side of it. Um, what, what, what I see here is that they have the elements to do a great meal. They're just not bringing them together the way they could. So I don't think they need to change anything other than their approach to some of these dishes. Uh, is all this restaurant is lacking. Unfortunately, until they do that, I'm going to say this is a six out of 10 for me. Um, and it could be so much more, but I got to go with what is not with what could be.
0: Sad to hear that they didn't enjoy their experience at garden grill. It's usually uh, one of my favorite places to eat at in Epcot. I I've never had a single bad meal of all the times that I've gone. And uh, I've, I've gone pretty much close to double digit times. I mean, it's it's not the greatest thing in the world, but uh, it's a it's a unique restaurant, and I like seeing the characters. And it's just it's comfort food, and yeah, hey, I guess that might be where the issue comes into when when you know how to make comfort food really well at home, macaroni and cheese, turkey, all that. Then it's a lot it's a lot of uh, more expectations for when you're having it out, especially at the price point that it was at. So. Completely understandable, but hey, maybe it'll be better next time Pete goes back to try out Garden Grill again. But that's it for this week's show. I truly hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did one more time, uh, you could always book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. And of course, you can get a free no-obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And also, too, Please, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you are subscribed to the Disney Dining Show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that is specifically through Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us five-star ratings and reviews if you're truly enjoying it. And I have a lot of reviews to catch up on that I haven't uh, been able to read. But unfortunately, uh, my throat is going right now. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've been talking too much today or what, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm starting to sound like Phoebe singing Smelly Cat in her post-sickness voice. And I don't think that's enjoyable to anyone. So I promise I will will read the reviews that were left in the past uh, couple weeks here. Uh, One from A Great Escape, So Annoying, KB Stitch, Katie Bucking. I will get to all of your comments on the next show. I will remind myself and we'll get to that. But that's going to do it for me this week. I truly hope you did enjoy it. And I will see you again real soon with another episode of the Disney Dining Show. Take care. Bye bye.